It looks cold where you are. It's a little chilly. It's a little chilly. It's dropping below freezing, so I'm in the garage. And uh, say, yeah, I, for the audio, it, for the audio listeners, you've got a, a nice wool hat on. Yeah, well, it's 27 degrees, which isn't crazy, but you know, it kind of kind of brings back the Canadian blood in me a little bit, which uh, I don't mind so much. So yeah, I'll take it to the alternative. I'd rather be cool than hot. As I say, 27 degrees coming from your old state of California, everybody would be bundled up like it was an Arctic, an Arctic <laughs> expedition if it was 27 degrees. Uh, uh, yeah, fair, fair enough. Well, today's show hopefully will, will be a fun one. You know, we did a couple episodes recently on programming, how to program workouts, very well received. People seem to enjoy it, which is great. And I don't know if reading through the comments on that stuff is what put this in my head. I think it was related to it because there's one thing that we didn't address directly head on. And it's something which I can say personally, that if I had a crisp dollar bill for every time I was asked about this or received an email about it, I'd be a very wealthy man. And that question <laughs> is, can one workout a day get you strong or maintain mm. strength or improve strength? That's the general consensus. When I say one workout a day, I don't mean one strength workout a day. I mean, when this question comes about, it's somebody who is inclined to, hey, I'm curious to follow classic CrossFit programming, which let's just say is going to have one dedicated heavy day a week, usually, okay? Maybe mm. sometimes there's two, but sure. will that format, this one workout a day format, get me strong because people are terrified that the answer is going to be a resounding no. And we haven't just dove right into that, into the lines then head on. And so here we are today. Well, here we are. Yeah. And it's funny, strength is one of those attributes too. I'm not sure why this is the case over so many others, but it seems that people put a real high premium on it. And I get it. Seems, I mean, it, it, yes, it does seem <laughs> that way. That would be my <laughs> anecdotal evidence. Yes. It's, you know, yeah, I get it. Strength obviously plays a major factor. Um, and you can make the old argument that all things being equal, the stronger person has the advantage. I mean, that's true, but you could also reverse engineer that into so many other things. It's like, you know, all right, let's say you have somebody who's uh, in a well-rounded test of capacity and all things being equal, they have a better cardiovascular system, they would have the advantage as well. So, Well, that's what I was going to say, like not yeah. to, push, to push back on that, but like all things yeah. being equal, the strong person has the advantage. I don't like in what, like it, it, it just exactly. depends because, yeah. you know, I have a, a decent front squat, which is obviously a critical component of doing a thruster. And I'm here to tell you, my great front squat doesn't mean I win every moderate weight thruster workout because like my, yep. my strength doesn't have on a cape on that day and, and, and ride me into victory, you know? And so to yep. some degrees, it's, um, I think it's a whole lot more subtle and nuanced, but if well, we just let, let me, let me ride on that for a second. I'll agree with you there. And I think that's where people that are less experienced with strength as a as a uh, factor, want to put more faith in it than maybe it's due. Um, it, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, there's many factors that are going to determine whether or not your one rep max has an influence on what you can do for 10 or 20 or 50 or 100. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's plenty of people that physiologically, the way that they are built, um, you know, right down to the muscular fiber distribution that were kind of handed to them, and then training history and activity and all that that kind of led up to it. Um, there's going to be plenty of people where their one rep max doesn't have a strong influence on what they can do for 10, other than the fact that obviously if you can't pick it up once, you can't pick it up 10 times. But 
Um, said another way, there's lots of athletes and primarily you see this in female athletes where if they can do it once, they can do it for reps. Mm-hmm. They're very close to that kind of distribution. I am also one of those athletes and there, there's plenty of other people that are kind of falling in that bucket where if I can, like a deadlift is a great example. If I can break it off the ground for one, chances are I can get a double or a triple. The difference between my one rep max and, um, and, a, and a reps is pretty close. There's other people where that's not the case at all. They can, they can have this monstrous one RM um, and there's a lot of distance between that number, a true one rep, and what they can do for multiple reps. And so right there, just that difference in physiology is going to have a pretty profound impact on what that strength at the high end influences down the road. So that's just one easy thing that you can point to um, that says, hey, maybe this isn't going to be as influential as you want it to be for other things. Yeah, not to go too far off track, which is enjoyable, so we will for a while here. And, you know, going into the Wayback Machine, Mm. there was an athlete that competed in the early 1920s called Chris Spieler, like a long time ago. (laughs) Turn of the century (laughs) athlete. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, you know, Uh. in his time, and, you know, physiologically speaking, he's a smaller athlete. Like, it just is what it is. And to some degree, mass moves mass, which is why... When you go to like the Rogue Invitation, when you see the strongman, no one's 5'5", 145. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it is what it is. But Chris, you know, even though a huge number of athletes back in the day when he was a competitive athlete, if one rep max anything came out of the hopper, he would not win that event. It just, it was what it was. Sure. Now, he still tried to be profoundly strong because he was in the world of competitive CrossFit, but he was exceptional with cardio, respiratory endurance, muscular stamina, gymnastics capacity. And so like you were speaking about earlier, if darn near anything other than a one rep max came out, even if it was a relatively heavy weight that you got to keep going with, his ability to grind and his muscular stamina and his cardio, respiratory endurance would have him competitive with a loading that didn't make sense based upon what his one rep max was. And so there's a whole lot more to what is actually useful in the real world, serves you well in the real world, and your ability to have, you know, maybe you don't have the biggest lifts on the block, but but you're doing well, and you've got some great legs and lungs and conditioning and stamina. Uh, There's not going to be a lot in the real world. We're not talking competition here that crosses Mm -hmm. your path, but you're not going to be not even adequately prepared for, overly prepared for, you know, quite frankly, but it doesn't have the sizzle. It doesn't get the attention. And I know this is, again, anecdotal evidence, but, you know, like, you know, with this question is just so great. Like I said, if I had a dollar, you know, because I've got you know, my affiliate with Lynchpin that I've had for years. And if somebody is looking to you know, like come over, like I actually have like a canned response in my emails because this question is Mm. such a frequent question that I don't have time to write the response anymore. And the question sounds like this. And this is, I mean, for years, I feel really confident saying this. Hey, I'm I'm interested in coming over. um, But, you know, I'm a former power lifter. And I'm just curious if uh, I'll be able to improve or maintain the strength that I've built. Happens so frequently, I literally have a canned response for it. <laughs> and, and I do not have a canned response 
for somebody saying, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about coming over, but I'm really concerned about my 5K or my L-sit or my strict pull-ups or my 800-meter run. I've never received a single email about that, not mm -hmm. a single solitary one. So it's very interesting, whether it's perception, whether it's reality, whether it's what captures people's attention, but there is a, a tremendous, I feel anyway, urge out there in the community that it is all about the one rep strength and that will solve all my problems and and maintaining it or increasing it trumps everything else because that marches me to victory it's mm -hmm. profoundly important don't get me wrong and if you've listened to the vnr episodes from number from episode one you'll be well versed at, you know we're extreme proponents of how critical heavy days are but thinking that they reign supreme at the exclusion of all else is just the vibe that I get. And maybe I'm misinterpreting it. But I've, again, I got a canned response for that one and, and not another one. And I think there's a reason for that. Yeah, it's interesting. And, uh, you know, you talk about somebody who comes over claiming that they have powerlifting experience. That's cool. Um, no slight against that. What, you know, what an awesome activity to, to spend your time investing in. Um, however, I like that doesn't give me much information as to what that person really means. Are they talking right. about they're on the world stage and they're about to crack a world record on the deadlift? Or are we talking about that's just their favorite way to train and they built up a decent amount of strength compared to the average gym goer when you're comparing them head to head? Because there's a world of difference between those two things. Um, even though you might both be engaging in the uh, the sport of powerlifting, you know, they're very, very different outcomes. 100%. Um, and, <laughs> so that alone, I think is, is, you know, something to dive into. But I also think it's really interesting where people get so, and not all the time, but I think CrossFitters are just as guilty of this as well. You fall so in love with the, the method of what you're doing that you forget that the original reason you got into it in the first place was so that you could do something with it outside of the gym. The gym was the tool. And the powerlifting was the tool, but sooner or later, outside of the gym, I know it's wild. <laughs> sooner or later, it's easy to fall in love with this concept of like, well, the needle has to keep moving forward, and if it's not moving forward in this one specific way, then something's wrong. And uh, I think it's really important people take a step back and self-assess when that starts to creep in, because, well. We'll go one step back. If you are somebody who's in love with powerlifting, you have to recognize at a certain point that what you're doing is expressing strength in a specific way under specific conditions, and that becomes narrower and narrower and narrower the stronger you get. Uh, it's great that you can go in and you can do your thing with a barbell that's perfectly weighted yeah. and comes off the ground the same uh, height every time um, you're set up, you got the time to do it, you're well rested between sets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's awesome. Nothing wrong with that. However, the further you go along that track, um, like any other track, it's going to become so specific in its output that it may not have that same carryover that you were enthusiastic about at first. And so you have to ask yourself, are you there because you enjoy doing this activity? Are you there because you need it, quote unquote? It's something that's a weakness in, in your um, overall fitness and you need to develop it more. That might be the case. Um, and then you have to have, ask yourself, is this truly driving the needle forward anymore? Or is it just more for more sake? You know, and all of those questions, I, I don't know that there's a bad answer to them. Mm -hmm. You just need to know 
why is it that I'm doing what I'm doing? And then be honest about it. And if the answer is, hey, I just really like this and I'd rather not huff and puff <laughs> and have to do a bunch of wall balls or whatever, hey, no harm, no foul, go Absolutely. for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, We've always said before, there's a difference between need and want. Exactly. Yeah. If you but just, if you want to hand, go in and do, and do fun stuff, you love lifting, I don't care. Great. Have, have no. a blast. Do nothing but the three lifts for the rest of your life. No skin off yes. my nose and or you just, love kettlebells you love running like if you if you intentionally yep. want to bias what you're doing in some way i'm not yeah, going to tell it. you not to i I'd, i don't get paid by the converter you know like do do whatever <laughs> do whatever you want to do and have fun with your time on planet earth but uh, do it with eyes wide open i think but is do the it point. with your eyes wide open and yeah. i guess getting back to the original question i do feel that there is what i would consider in an, an irrational unfounded fear Mm. That what we would call these days, as odd as it is to even say this out loud, classic CrossFit programming may not be sufficient to get people strong. That, I think, is, yeah. an, uh, is a largely unfounded and, and irrational fear, which is the basis I, of this. I agree. Yep. And, and I guess getting well, back to it as well. Oh, good. L l let me take it one step further. I think also tied up in that, it's, a, it's kind of the same thing, is this notion of I am strong already, and if I come over and start stepping away at all from the program that got me to this state of strength i'm just going to wither away that's it i'm <laughs> i've gone from a from a 600 pound deadlift to a barely being able to break body weight off the ground overnight that's the fear and and you touch well since you touched on that i guess i'll i'll get to that now which is which is yes because like i said i've got a lot of these emails over the years so i've got a canned response and and if the conversation goes back and forth if somebody has identified themselves as a power lifter, maybe it's bad on me, but I have things leap into my head. Numbers mm. leap into my head. Metrics leap into my head. You know, there's, yeah. there's somebody on a bar. They've got on like one of those singlet power suits, you know, and they've yeah, got a, 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 like a belt on that needs like four people to help them tighten the belt, you know, and they've chalked themselves up in like this crazy weight going up, which is, you know, obviously part of power lifting. But if, if the, and, and I expect to hear things like, you know, I am a power lifter. Like maybe it's putting food on the table. I got like a 700 pound deadlift. I'm squatting north of 600. And like, I'm, you know, like, wow. Truth be told, that's never, ever, ever how it shakes out. Hmm. And, and not to be harsh, but this is just the, the truth. Usually the numbers, if they do bubble up, are significantly lower than that. I would say maybe the squat is somewhere in the threes. And the deadlift is somewhere in the fours. Let's just mm. say that, uh, or it could even be lower, as a matter of fact. But I'd say that's fair to say for for men's numbers. Deadlift somewhere in the threes, and and excuse me, back squat somewhere in the threes, deadlift somewhere in the fours. And then once I hear that, again, not to be crazy, but I've been doing this for a while, and I've got a, a very very large community of people that I see data from every day of my life. People from their twenties to their sixties, I've been doing it for a very long time. I'm here to tell you, not to sound crazy, but with good sleep, good nutrition, applying yourself, understanding how to modulate your intensity, uh, a, a back squat in the mid threes and a deadlift in the mid fours are literally falling from the sky. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm sorry not to be crazy. And there could be somebody listening. Well, I don't have it. I've been doing CrossFit five yeah. years. Gotcha. I'm here to tell you, if you, if you look at a, a broad enough people like I do, those numbers don't make me raise my eyebrows anymore mm -hmm. they are profoundly common from just one workout a day and one day a week being a dedicated heavy day and 
So then the question well, just becomes, if that's what you're talking about for getting strong, you've got no worries in the world. I feel supremely confident that you're going to have a good experience and have success. Yeah. And, and said another way, you know, if you're looking to maintain or get to that level of strength that you just outlined there, you know, squatting in the mid threes, deadlifting in the mid fours for a guy, there is no reason that other physical pursuits should have such an interfering effect that you cannot get those simultaneously with building up some of these other gymnastic skills, you know, building up Correct. your muscle up capacity, building up your handstand push-ups, yep. developing an engine, getting your 2K row down. You know, there's no reason that those numbers are so far out of range that they shouldn't fit in nicely with a very well-rounded athlete. Um, Correct. So, and and, and yeah. said another way, I have not seen anything in my entire professional experience having done this that would lead me to believe that those numbers can only be achieved with what people would also say, I need to be on some sort of a yep. dedicated strength cycle to get my squat in the mid threes and my delta totally in the mid fours. Absolutely, unquestionably no. Now, if you tell me I want 500 pounds for a double on the back squat, I'm here to tell you, you're getting near the tippy top of a particular pyramid that we're going to have to potentially do some sort of extra dedicated focus and all that. But that's, but that's also like you telling me you're interested in the sub five mile. Exactly. Interested I was just going to say exactly that same thing. Yep. It's just one of those things. And those numbers yep. that I that I shot out a second there ago that I feel really confident about, I, I looked up at on um, BTWB today to see where they would fall. And a, a 70, for a uh, gentleman, a 75th percentile on the back squat, which means you're better than three out of four people posting. That's really good. Again, not regular humans, people posting on BTWB. That's 340 for men. And 205 for women. I have hmm. supreme confidence that one workout a day gets you there. On yep. the deadlift side of the house, 75th percentile deadlift. Men, 415 pounds. Women, 255. I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm not trying to be crazy. Those numbers are falling from the sky. You, you, know, they, hmm. you, you come in, you sign up, somebody shakes your hands, they just hand you those two numbers. I mean, <laughs> I mean again, I'm having some fun. Okay, I'm having some fun. Uh, but, but in all honesty, like, it's, it's, it, is yeah well within the the realm of attainability no well within no the realm which yep. which kind of you know begs the question and this is never defined in those emails that i receive or just the questions that are maybe posted that you see on social media as if the question is overly simplified to will i be able to get strong in one workout a day nobody ever defines strong they just throw mm. it out there will it get me strong well i don't even know what you mean but i have to give you an answer and so as you saw i took an informal poll on my Instagram account and, and didn't let anyone know the cat was out of the bag that there was, yeah. I was going to be kind of looking at this for an upcoming very not random episode because I just wanted to know, much like when somebody says strong with no other really defining characteristics, what pops into your head, you know? And there were some good, and I said for the squat and the deadlift because that's always what I get asked about all the time, you know, those two big lifts. And there were some good debate and things going back and forth people took it down some other places which was enjoyable but off topic sam briggs of course had some great things about different sort of carries and sandbag work it was great but it's like we have squat and dead is what i'm interested in here and if i could summarize most of the comments i would say this was not what was required for life which is what i asked mm -hmm. but people said this would be more than enough for life like if you had this you weren't just ready for life you're a darn strong human being on planet earth and that was a 1.5 times body weight back squat and a two times body weight deadlift that if you had hmm. that you weren't just ready for anything like you are like you're quite capable 
And I would have to say, uh, I would have to say yes to that as well. Not I'll use myself as an example, which is A, annoying, but B, okay, because um, it paints me in a bad light. You know, so pre-CrossFit, when I was in the military, you know, I had a demanding job. You know, it, it was the SEALs, you know, it wasn't the Cub Scouts, you know, it was, it was a de- physically demanding job <laughs> where, you know, you've got all kinds of stuff to do for multiple days, tons of gear uh-huh. in your body, down man drills where, you know, so-and-so weighs 220 pounds plus his gear. You got to get them on your back and carry them a mile, like, you know, stuff that sucked. Well, I wasn't doing functional movements during that point in time. It was my pre-CrossFit mm-hmm. days. It was leg curl, leg extension, bicep reign, and then bench press reign, sup- supreme and long distance running. No deadlift, no squat, no power clean, no midline stabilization. I was able to do the demands of that job. And then when I got out and I found CrossFit, I remember um, it was actually in Dave Castro's garage. And, you know, because he got me into it and it was the first day we were going to try to establish a one rep max deadlift, mm-hmm. very functional lift. I could not deadlift 275 pounds. Mm-hmm. I did all the demands of that job with not with being able to deadlift 275 pound deadlift. So I'm here to tell you, if you have a 1.5 body weight back squat and like a double body weight deadlift, you are supremely qualified with regards to being amply strong for anything that life's going to throw at you. Now, you may want hmm. some technique in various situations as, you know, as CrossFit would define strength and a productive application of force for sure. Because like you said, sometimes a big back squat doesn't translate into what you hope that it would. But if we're talking about some raw range of motion, some raw contractile potential, a nice bit of clay that you can mold somewhere, I think you're going to be okay. That's what my gut my professional experience in the strength and conditioning world, my background tells me you have no worries in this world, quite frankly. And one workout a day is going to deliver those goods with no extra strength cycle. Yeah, I, I would agree that, you know, if, if those are the numbers that you're willing to hang your hat on, and it sounds like you got a pretty good case to do that, I would say those are so attainable to the oh, average yeah. trainee. Um, without any sort of fanfare or um, specialized program, really that's just consistency on a decent enough timetable. And you, anybody I believe can, can achieve those numbers or darn close to them and sustain them. I think that's the most important thing. Um, and that's something I think that also goes unnoticed when we talk about these extreme outliers in, in any physical capacity, be it strength or otherwise. People talk about well, I was powerlifting and I could deadlift 800 pounds. Cool. For how long a period of time of your life? And could you do that now? And how long did it take to have that fall off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? You know, most of the people that I know that have been engaged in CrossFit for the long haul now, you throw out a double bodyweight deadlift and a bodyweight and a half back squat. And they're like, yeah, I do that right now. Cold. No big <laughs> right. deal. That's, and, and I haven't <laughs> right. touched the, I haven't touched the, uh, a barbell in a month, you know, and they, right. they, they won't think twice about that. There's no special need to maintain that level of basic strength. It's just there and it's, it's ready, which I think goes unspecified a lot of the time. So, you know, peaking for something at a certain point in your life, hey, you know, everybody's going to have that. They're going to have an, a particular outlet that's important to them that they do peak for. Um, but that doesn't speak to what they can maintain for the long haul either, or how easy it is to, to maintain that. So that, that goes a long way also. Um, I think, you know, um, I'm, I'm scratching things down here so I don't forget them, (laughs) (laughs) you you know, because you've mentioned, 
you mentioned at the beginning of the show, which was such a great point of back in the day, again, another term that I can't believe I'm saying, but back in the day, it was just common knowledge that what you did with CrossFit wasn't necessarily just to make you better at CrossFit so you could brag about being better at CrossFit. It was to get outside of the gym and do your job as a first responder, military, live a happy life, play with your kids, go for a hike, play, you know, it was the strength and conditioning program, which you would then go do for your sport. It was to do things outside of the walls of the gym. Of course, it has blossomed into something in and of itself, which is fantastic, but it is worthwhile to note and not lose focus on the roots and where it came from, because most people were not going to see them competing at the games. Mm -hmm. Most of us are going to be using it to ideally live a great life here on planet Earth and, and do whatever you need to do. And that not peaking thing is so interesting. And I think it was one of the most mystifying and confusing yet attractive things about CrossFit for me. And it remains that way to this day, which as I don't think CrossFitters give themselves enough credit, which if you knew mm-hmm. your, your best of everything over the last like few year period, I'm talking from Fran to Helen to Cindy to 5K to you, one rep maxes. Most CrossFitters, I feel comfortable saying, walk around and like you're saying, on any day, like it doesn't matter what you did before, it doesn't matter if your hamstrings are toasty, it does like on any day, you can hit about 90% of those things Mm -hmm. within, within 90%, you know, so if your best ever Cindy is 20, you can get 18, you know, like whatever it happens to be, like you, you're there. And same with the squat and the dead. And that's amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing, yeah. you're an amazing, like, just being to be able to walk around with no tapering, no whatever, and be like stone cold, I got 90% of my best, or darn close, I'm here to tell you, on any given day. That should boggle the mind. But I don't think um, either people are used to it or haven't actually thought well, about it. But it's, it's pretty profound. I, yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. I, I think that where people start to fall victim in the long haul is to their own psychology. And the, the kind of two things I'm driving at here is, you know, number one, we have this notion where it's good to take objective measurement of what you're doing in the gym. I write down how many rounds I got. I write down how long it took. I write down how heavy it was, you know, et cetera. Uh, so that I can come back and I can compare later and see if my training is pushing the needle forward. That's great. That's important. Um, but this idea of of surplus, I don't think gets discussed as much. You know, like people people talk about wanting to improve in their training, and that's great, and you should be, and that's sure. indicative of a good program and all these these things. Um, however, there comes a certain point where you know you've progressed to the to the state that shaving a couple seconds off, adding a couple more reps, adding a couple pounds. In the scheme of things, it's not that it doesn't matter. I mean, if it motivates you and it keeps you there and it, it's a useful tool, fine, but it kind of doesn't matter. It kind right. of isn't going <laughs> right. to have that. Right. It, it isn't going to have that same uh, dramatic impact when you're out there hiking through the woods and you're like, oh, you know what? I really noticed that extra five pounds that I've struggled with for the last six months to put on my deadlift. No, it's it's not going to have that difference. It's exclusive really to the activity inside the gym. And it makes you feel good for that. And that's awesome. But don't fool yourself into thinking that all of a sudden that is now the make or break with your ability to express your fitness. It's not. And um, so it's this kind of weird paradox where you have this mechanism that's really clean to 
ask yourself, am I making progress in the gym? Am I, am I having an effective program at my fingertips? Well, the answer should be yes if you're seeing all those numbers improve. But at the same time, you don't want to put so much stock into those things that you just chase them incessantly and it becomes this obsessive kind of uh, myopic view where if my deadlift isn't improving this, this last small percentage that somehow the rest of the program is a failure you know and you see Mm -hmm. people kind of falling into that trap i've i've fallen into that trap i think we all probably have at some point um and so you you have to kind of back out and ask yourself all right am i using this tool of objective measurement the way that it was intended or have i started to uh, create some perverse incentives around that where i'm no longer really considering the whole i think that's important well, you touched on that a while ago, and I cannot remember the episode. I don't know if it was just something that we chatted about in an episode with a different topic, or if this theme was the entire episode itself. But you touched on training versus testing, yeah, and that and that I really like that. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about right now. I could test my five by five back squat, or tomorrow might be a five by five back squat, and it's just a training day, and and mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to put the pressure on myself. To touch a PR, I'm going to get the sleep that I get. The yep. warmth's going to. I'm going to feel how I feel after the warmth, and based upon that, I'm going to squat whatever feels appropriately challenging for a five by five, and that's a yep. training day. And and if you do a bunch of days like that, you're heading in a fantastic direction, PR or mm-hmm. not, quite frankly, because that consistency. There's there's few things that outdo that consistency yep. if you're looking to be in this game for a very long period of time. Yep. Yep. And I don't remember if that was an episode or if it was just a, a sidebar conversation. But yeah, training versus yeah. testing. I've, I've, used, I've used that since then and given you <laughs> credit. Oh, I like it. Well, I think another thing psychologically that people fall into when they're talking about developing strength is, uh, you know, they want it now. Like so many other things, uh, they'll say, okay, well, will CrossFit make me strong? And as we've answered so far, I think we both agree the answer is yes. Maybe not to the, to the level that you're going to be shattering world records. I mean, nobody's going to argue that. But yeah, you'll get plenty strong. I think what's wrapped up in that question is, will it happen this month? <laughs> right. Or will it happen in six weeks? And the answer is, well, it depends. It depends on where you're starting from. And it depends on how far you want to push it. Um, given enough training... Yes, you will reach those metrics, you know, a double body weight deadlift, a body weight and a half back squat, totally attainable if you give it enough time. Um, and we're not talking like a decade. It should be something right. that you could achieve within a year or two uh, at most, I would, I would argue. Yes, and we're, not talking, and we're not talking competitive crossfitters. We're talking, you know, regular right. folks, one workout yeah. a day. And I will say, again, just based upon having done this for a while, we're all impatient. Like you said, I want it today. Yeah or next week at the latest. And I've seen so many newer folks rush that. And, and with all yeah. that I can say, please don't, because the rush to do any of it, whether it's the rush to get your first ring muscle up and you have yet to develop your pull-up and dip capacity, but the muscle looks cool and you rush it and you have a bad experience in the rings. And now you're out for four months because you rushed something because you didn't want to do the long, slow, boring, consistent work to get there the right way. Same deal with the strength numbers. It takes time to get strong and you're impatient. You're doing too much too quickly on your body, making jumps too much. The ego gets in the way. I've seen it happen so many times that somebody rushed to get somewhere and instead of getting there quicker, 
it took them longer because they tweaked something and now they can't train properly for two to four months. It is going to do you justice in the long run to be patient, to understand the fundamentals, mechanics, consistency, intensity, and understand that this is a long-term game that you should be in. This is not a, a short-term deal. This is a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. Take your time. Barbell will be there tomorrow. And, and everything else that you're doing is going to help that back squat. I mean, all the other stuff that you do that strengthens your midline, you're working on your LSID, all that stuff, like it's going to be make your life better when you slide under the barbell. So take your time, work your weaknesses, embrace some variance, scale if you have to, make some good decisions. And, uh, you know, patience is not a, one of my biggest virtues either. <laughs> but I, I, please, you know, learn from my mistakes. And that would be my greatest uh, piece of advice right there, I think. Yeah, I guess what I was trying to drive at is there it seems to be getting back to kind of what we started the conversation with is this idea that strength seems to hold this place of prominence in people's minds. And I think oh, yeah. the time frame to develop strength for that reason also seems to have this real pressure on it. It's like, well, I got to get strong tomorrow. You're like, dude, it'll happen. Um, but and I guess. Again, what I'm trying to say is you don't see that same kind of time pressure with some of these other very important things. It's like, hey, man, how about getting a mile sub nine? You know, you get some people that come in there out of condition and mm-hmm. you know, sub 10 mile is, is, is a real milestone for a lot of people when they're starting out if, they, if they're not very fit coming in. Um, but there's no real pressure for a lot of people that come in there like, man, I just really got to get that mile time down. <laughs> you don't see that, right. but no, you, you do don't. see, oh, you know what? I got to add 50 pounds to my deadlift. That seems to have a lot of urgency for yep. some reason. Um, you know, oh man, I really, I need my first pull-up tomorrow. You don't see that with the same kind of uh, urgency as I have to improve my clean, you know, <laughs> 100%, <laughs> for whatever man. reason. So yep. yeah, yep. it's uh, it's it's a little bit strange, the psychology of of that one particular metric um you know and maybe we should not right now but maybe we save this for a future um episode just because the title in and of itself would be so amazingly clickbaity that i almost want to do it just for that and that's you know that classic crossfit um idea of can you be too strong i mean what that that in of itself is is a wonderful rabbit hole to go down that example mind you but we can we'll shelve that for a uh, for a different deal, but I think it's it's somewhat wrapped in and helps yeah, to get people's so mind sight in the uh, uh, mind in the right place. So, yep. well, let me. Let me I got one last kind of okay, closing right. thought here, yeah. and this is where I think you know we'll bring it back to the genius uh, of kind of Greg Glassman's early work. You know, there's so many avenues there where I think he just got it so right, and one of those um, is with that pyramid that he developed. That is the theoretical hierarchy uh, of, of athletic development, and at the very top of that, he placed sport. And I think that's so true. And if you look at the hundred words of um, fitness, at mm-hmm. the end, there's always that often neglected piece of it, which is learn and play new sports. And I think how that ties into what we're talking about here and kind of ties into your point earlier about your on the job experience with being quote strong enough is, Hey, if you get out there and you engage regularly with things that you are not used to doing, so you go out there and you say, okay, I'm going to take an adult tennis course, or I'm going to go out mm-hmm. and I'm going to learn to play um, whatever, some game I've never done before. Go out there and do it and see how your fitness performs. And ask yourself the question, was there a situation that I found myself in when trying this new activity where I was like, well, just wasn't strong enough to get the job done? Or... Right. Was there some other physical trait 
that was more obviously lacking. And that's what was holding you back from being better out of the gate at that activity. And I bet you dollars to donuts almost every single time. It's not strength that is holding you back from whatever new pursuit it is that you're after. It's something else. It's a blend of capabilities, but it's certainly not going to be your one rep max in most cases. I mean, unless, and somebody is going to jump in there and be like, well, Boz, my activity was the Highland Games. And like, right. okay, well, obviously <laughs> that's a very specific strength sport. Okay, you got me. But yep. for most things that you're going to go out and try in that learn and play new sports, it's not going to be the raw strength that is the limiting factor. And, and that's really where the proof is in the pudding, in my opinion. Get out there, see what you can do with your fitness, and see where the weak links are. Yep, I would, I would, I would fully agree. So I think we covered it pretty well. You know, can, can one work in a day get you strong? It's a resounding, it's yes. A resounding yes. And, and I'll end with this, too, especially for my own you know, personal affiliate with Lynchman, where we don't do, you know, I get these emails because we don't do a heavy lift every day, followed by something. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. You know, we do one dedicated heavy day a week, maybe two. And I am competitive in some areas, not not actually not in a bunch, but I am competitive with, uh, like, I want my affiliate to be the best, right? And so if <laughs> if if I thought there was a better way to do business. Yeah. I would do, do it. it. And so after all that I have seen in CrossFit, all the interviews I've done, all the different, like, I've got to pull back the curtain on a lot of different training programs and interview people. And, and if I mm-hmm. had uncovered something that I thought worked better, you can bet the bank I would be doing it. Period. Yeah. End of story. Uh, but I am not. And it's not by coincidence. It's because... Mm-hmm. All of this investigation has led me to exactly where we are today, you know, and so that's kind of um, how it ended on right there. So, yeah, I love it. That's it. All right. Well, hey, thanks for the question, everybody. I hope there's some great debate in the comments down there. Like, you know, Boz and I covered a lot today. So please dive into the comments on the BTWB YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. And, you know, maybe we do have some former powerlifters, you know, that either gain strength, lost strength, maintain strength, you know, whatever it is, let's, you know, we're not interested in, we're interested in the truth is what I should say. So whatever's the truth, post it there and let's all learn from one another. And as I've started saying at the end of these shows, I need to be better about it. The shows are not sponsored by anybody intentionally. So we can give you the, the unfiltered truth. If you would like to help support the show with some really cool programs that do help move the needle forward, We've got a whole bunch of awesome programs you can find if you go to programs.btwb.com slash VNR. You can go there and check those out. If you're already on the BTWB app, go to the home screen, tap the three lines in the upper left-hand side, then tap programs, and then select on the little button that says skills in the top, and you'll check them all out. There's like 19 different programs from first pull-up, push-up, handstand, walking, barbell lifts. We got you covered. So Hopefully everybody enjoys those. We appreciate the continued support. And for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we'll see you next time.